0: It's May 2nd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver.
1: And I'm Chris Cottonor.
0: Before we get started today, I wanted to announce that the DSR Daily Brief is expanding its coverage to include short weekend analysis and interviews for members of the DSR network. So become a member today to hear our first bonus brief, Where I sat down with Dr. Catherine Shellstrom Elgin of the Center for Strategic and Budgetary Assessments to discuss the war in Ukraine. Thanks to all our members, like Mindy from Maryland and Robert from Texas, for helping us make this happen. Our top story today In a surprise move over the weekend, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives, visited Kyiv along with other members of Congress to meet with Ukrainian President. Volodymyr Zelensky. While in Kyiv, she said, quote, We are visiting you to say thank you for fighting for freedom. Your fight is a fight for everyone, and so our commitment is to be there for you until the fight is done. This morning, Pelosi is in meetings with Polish President Andrzej Duda in Warsaw.
1: Russia's Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov made news over the weekend when he said Zelensky puts forward an argument. What kind of Nazism can they have if he is a Jew? I may be wrong, but Hitler also had Jewish blood. It means absolutely nothing. The wise Jewish people say that the most ardent anti-Semites are usually Jews. His statements have angered Israelis, who have summoned the Russian ambassador in response. Israeli Foreign Minister Yar Lapid said Foreign Minister Lavrov's remarks are both an unforgivable and outrageous statement, as well as a terrible historical error. Jews did not murder themselves in the Holocaust. The lowest level of racism against Jews is to accuse Jews themselves of anti-Semitism. Separately, Lavrov said that May 9th, a Russian holiday that commemorates the victory over Nazi Germany in 1945, was not a significant date in the current conflict. Experts have been talking about the day as potentially important for the Russian narrative in recent weeks.
0: Bloomberg reported Saturday, citing people familiar with the matter, that the European Commission is set to propose a ban on Russian oil by the end of the year over its war in Ukraine, with restrictions on imports introduced gradually until then. Hungary has consistently opposed such a move, and according to a senior official in Prime Minister Viktor Orban's government, it would be ready to veto European Union sanctions on Russia's oil industry if the measures restricted Budapest's ability to import energy. The commission may provide an extended transition period for Hungary and Slovakia. A final proposal is expected tomorrow. Overall, the EU is dependent on Russia for 26% of its oil imports, but reliance varies between countries.
1: A convoy supported by the United Nations and the International Committee of the Red Cross will attempt to leave Mariupol on Monday, the city council said in a telegram post. The convoy will collect civilians at several pickup points around Mariupol before taking them to two villages near southern Ukrainian city of Berdyansk. Civilian evacuations from Mariupol, which have endured weeks of Russian shelling and airstrikes, were paused by local authorities on Sunday for security reasons. So far, at least 5.5 million people have fled Ukraine since the start of the Russian invasion in late February, with a projected 8.3 million expected to flee Ukraine, according to the latest United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees data.
0: Peru's annual inflation rate hit 7.96% in April, its highest level in 24 years, as the copper-producing Andean nation grapples with protests over rising food and energy costs linked to a commodities price spike since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. To combat inflation, Peru's central bank has steadily raised the country's benchmark interest rate this year, hiking it in early April by 50 basis points to 4.5 percent, the highest since 2009.
1: In a televised Eid address, Tunisia's President Saeed, who has dissolved both the government and parliament, said a committee would be established to redraft the existing framework and wouldn't conclude its work within days. He did not specify how the constitution would be changed. But said it would usher in what he called a new republic. Opponents have accused him of seeking to concentrate all the levers of power in his own hands since he seized power nine months ago.
0: Sri Lanka's president agreed that a national council will be appointed to name a new prime minister and cabinet comprised of all parties in parliament. Sri Lanka is near bankruptcy and has announced that it is suspending payments on its foreign loans until it negotiates a rescue plan with the International Monetary Fund. It has to repay $7 billion in foreign debts this year, and $25 billion by 2026. Its foreign reserves stand at less than $1 billion. The proposed changes come as schools and public transportation were interrupted last Thursday as Sri Lankans joined a general strike to pressure the president to step down.
1: Spanish officials said Monday that the cell phones of the prime minister and the defense minister were infected last year with Pegasus spyware. The revelations involve at least 65 people, including elected officials, lawyers, and activists targeted with the software of two Israeli companies, Kandaru and NSO Group, the developer of Pegasus. The spyware silently infiltrates phones or other devices to harvest data and potentially spy on their owners.
0: New Zealand welcomed tourists from the U.S., Canada, Britain, Japan, and more than 50 other countries for the first time in more than two years Monday after dropping most of its remaining pandemic border restrictions. International tourism stopped altogether in early 2020 after New Zealand imposed some of the world's toughest border restrictions. The spread of Omicron and vaccinations of more than 80% of New Zealand's 5 million people prompted the gradual easing of restrictions. The border reopening will help boost tourism ahead of New Zealand's upcoming ski season.
1: A bomb scare set off scenes of panic at Israel's airport after an American family showed up with an unexploded artillery shell they had found in the Golan Heights and intended to bring back as a souvenir. The airport authority said security officers sounded an alert when they discovered the unexploded shell. At least one person was injured after trying to run on a conveyor belt as airport video showed panicked passengers running and ducking for cover. The family was allowed to board their flight after security staff's interrogation, who declared it all clear
0: that's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and weekend bonus briefs. So go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.